Steve Fines, good morning to you. Good morning. Comrade Steve Fines. <laughs> Comrade, thank you. I'll tell you what, though, we've got lots of things to talk about today. A couple of emails I received this week from listeners, which we'll just have a look at as well. But here's the deal. Up front, if a 23-year-old girl decides to up sticks and leave home, it's really got not much to do with you and me, has it? Yeah, the problem is that, that this is... Um, we're, we're talking about um, Learn Chayen, who's the daughter of the chief executive. And I... I I, we, we had a small chat about this before we went on air, and I think we both agreed that we don't need to talk about the ins and outs of her case. But there is a wider point to be made, I think, about politicians and their families. You know, politicians are forever appearing in happy snaps Cute, cuddly with, with their families. I mean, particularly American politicians, and some of my best friends are American, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I, I mean, say. you see Obama with his two, you know, very nice-looking daughters, and, and why shouldn't he? It's the American dream. You see his wife now yeah. going on her own missions in how in, very in, dare in, she? How very <laughs> dare she? In Air Force One, you know, overseas. And, and so... It, you, you can hardly say that these people don't owe, uh, don't um, mix their families up in politics. That's just a complete. No, we can't use that word. <laughs> it's, it's it's a complete bunch of horlicks. Um, and frankly, if you've got a family where there's problems, then of course suddenly they say, "But our family's a private matter." We can't possibly talk about Oh, I see about what you're saying. It's everything's ice cream and cuddly uh, teddy uh, bears. It... But, you know, you get, other, you, get other, um, you get other instances of this. And the one that's always interests me is Dick Cheney, who was, was W's um, vice president when he was in the White House. Now, Dick Cheney is, to, to, to use a very technical expression, an old git <laughs> who, who's on the wrong side of, of, of most arguments. But it turns out that he has a daughter who's a, who's a quite um, active... Um, uh, gay rights um, campaign. Oh, I bet because, that goes down well with no, the boys. But, but the interesting thing is because she happens to be a lesbian. Yeah, that's uh, what and, I mean. And Cheney, on this one point, through his daughter's activism, suddenly went over to the liberal side of the spectrum. So, I mean, good on him. I suppose I mean, there's something to be said. It, there is something to be said of it. So, I mean, all of these coins have two sides. But what I really don't like is is the hypocrisy of it. Saying we we will we must never bring our families into politics. I mean they we we are we are politicians. We're entitled to private lives, and we will use them shamelessly when yeah. it's to our advantage, and we will not use them at all when it's not to our advantage. So you know, in this case, there is a very clearly disturbed young lady involved. And a family <laughs> living. You? Well, look at the parents <laughs> living in 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 a house up there in in um, Upper Albert Road, and um, or not, or not. Well, apparently she's still there. I don't know. But but the fact of the matter is that that obviously this does break the um, break the facade of of happy families. I, I like the way that. Um, uh, Donald Jung, when he was chief executive, dealt with it. You know, Donald Jung, the newborn patriot, sent all... I think he has two sons. He sent them off to England during the duration of his period as, as chief executive. Away with you to Eton. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> or equivalent. Um, they, 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 they were sent off. And, of course, his predecessor, who's the super patriot, C.H. Tung, not only sent his kids off to America, but made sure that, because of his great confidence in the People's Republic and all its wonderful things, made sure that they were well-equipped with America passports as well. Yep. I, I, of course, I love all these super patriots who put foreign passports in their back pocket, but that, that, that's another story. And I certainly wouldn't have mentioned it unless you forced me to. Yeah, but I tell you what, what I wanted to say was, I mean, the whole shebang that was going on all over Facebook and stuff like this, there is a line, even for you. 
And really? it's like, yeah, come on, just do your thing, lady. Yeah. Do your well, thing. Well, I don't. That, that's why I don't really want to get into the ins and outs of, no, of what's going on. But I think whatever, there is you know there I mean? is that wider question of of families and politics. I mean, the fact is that public life and be participating in public life is what it says in the tin. You can't sort of half a be... nightmare. You, you can't half be in the... You know, half be in it and half be out of it. If you if you want to use your families on occasions for your benefit, expect to see the reverse side of the coin. I think it's just, just that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what cracked me up this week. Prince William is leaving the army, and he's a proper soldier, frontline the whole bit, yeah. and he's now, quote, in the job market. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he's in the job... Do you think he's going yeah, down to the yeah, local he's job going down to the job Okay, he says, Have you done uh, any work? Says, Paid or says, works? Uh, now, wait a minute. Now, now look, son. Uh, Windsor. Windsor. That name rings a bell. Uh, <laughs> uh, previous experience. So you've been in the army. That's good. What does your dad do for a living? Oh, unemployed. <laughs> He's on unemployment benefit. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, He's I, a fireman. I, I, I am worried about his future. I'm sure that. Uh, he will be living off. Um, um, what's I tell you it what, called? though. I mean, he's probably. <laughs> He'll be living on the dole, won't he? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, this is a bloke who really has some for his supper. So, I mean, it's just funny that they're wording it that he's on the job market. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the royals. What can you say? What's going on in Hong well, Kong? Run- runways. Hong Kong. Runways. Or? Yes. Let's talk about runways. I mean. Uh, the, the the argument used to be that that the airlines were pressing for it, gagging for it, for an extra runway, and that it could be built at relatively low cost. All right. the, the cost has gone up. It's now, I think, supposed to be 140-something billion, you know... <laughs> Uh, nothing, nothing to you and me, but but it used to be the argument used to be, and and that was all the way up to last week, I think, that you know there was this crying demand for 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 more more landing rights and airlines were going for it. Then it became clear, and in fact we discussed this on the programme last week, then it became clear that actually the problem wasn't so much lack of runway, but lack of airspace. Lack of space, yeah. Because a lot of, the, because the airspace in the Pearl River Delta is controlled by the Chinese authorities who reserve a lot of it for military purposes, reserve a lot of it for um, an airport in Guangzhou, or two airports now in Guangzhou that, Macau? that are very... Well, yeah, but I'm saying in terms of the big amounts of space... Oh, right, yeah. Um, uh, ..which are very, very far from being anywhere near capacity, but yet reserve that airspace, whether or not any aeroplane is is um, travelling in it. So now we know that even if there is a third runway, it's highly likely that it won't make any difference to the airspace problem. So the new line of argument, and I love this one, and it could only come from bureaucrats, is, well, we can get the money for it, so we'll build it. You know, it's like, I've got to have a new car because daddy's daddy can buy me a new car. It's not, do I need a new car? Will a new car add to global warming, etc., etc.? It's no, daddy can pay for it, and therefore I'm entitled to have the car. And I better not leave home after all. So the, the new way of doing it is, oh, we've, we've, not only can we raise the money, because that's a good enough reason to have a, a runway, I mean, regardless of need, we can raise the money. And we found a clever wheeze that we don't even have to go to LegCo. Explain that to us. So... If you want to get money out of the capital fund, you have to go to LegCo and make a request. So what they're saying is, no, 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 no. We've got a way around this. We're going to borrow some of it. And as I say, this is 
tiny little sums to you and me. We're going to borrow 50 billion bucks because we've got a good credit rating, so we can do that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put up the fees to the punters so that the punters pay every time they step foot on an aeroplane. Right. Coming out, I think it's going to be 180 bucks a head to pay for the new runway. Therefore, we're not actually seeking funding from LegCo at all. So... You have one of the biggest, <laughs> infra- I know, the biggest infrastructure projects in, in Hong Kong's history. And they're saying we found a clever wheeze for getting around LegCo. What they don't say, and what is very important, is that, in fact, of course, it does have an impact on public expenditure. Because at the moment, the airport authority returns money to the public purse, which it won't be doing if it uses all that money for building the runway. Right. So it does actually affect the bottom line of the public budget, in the, in, in the general budget, not just the airport's budget. So, you know, at every level of this, you, as you always have to say in politics, follow the money. It's always a case of following the money. So in this case, they're undermining the whole system of public financing in Hong Kong by introducing a major project without going through the constitutional process. This is a precedent setter, is it not? It is a precedent setter. Second of all, they're lying when they say there is no impact on the public budget because if you take money away from the public budget, that's every bit as um, uh, impactful as putting... uh, as. um, of raising money from the public budget for a specific purpose. Right. So anyway, you look at it, this whole project now is reduced to a thing of we found a clever ways to get to get it paid uh-huh. for, and we may we may find if we can really somehow oh gosh somehow get round to it, think of a way of um, coming up with a rational explanation to do with air transport. Are we seeing more of this, Steve? And more of this? You know, we're going to do it. Well, we, we are you. seeing this. This follows um, Legco's um, refusal to set up this new technology bureau. Well, exactly, and, and, that's and, what I'm and, on about. And, and, and see what I'm saying. Well. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. you didn't like it, did you? So I'm going to do it all on my own. So he says, oh, well, I've pointed the bloke anyway, and uh, screw you. So if you have a system where there aren't any checks and balances, and that's what legislators are supposed to do, not, not just here, but anywhere in the world. Now, I know that Hong Kong's legislature is far from perfect, but I actually have never come across one that's perfect. Yeah, that's the point. Um, but they do act as some sort of check and balance. If you have a chief executive who devotes his time to finding ways of circumventing those cheap checks and balances, you know for a fact what's going to happen. I mean, this is, this is unheard of, but it's, well, certainly, it's it, certainly rather artful accounting, it, it, isn't it? It, it? It's a slippery slope, but it's not exactly a slope. It's more like a, you know, it's more like a ski slope going down at very high, um, high angle. I tell you what, uh, they talked about this on Batchat this morning, and towards the end of our session now, if he's still here, Daniel will probably pop in and tell us what's happening tomorrow. But it'll be interesting to know what kind of things people... I, I heard some of it this morning, and they were hmm. saying all the sort of the stuff you've yeah, been saying. Yeah. You know, well, I think, I, I, I think... I I think that the, the, the bottom line is this, is why not? I mean, why not actually start with the problem? The problem is that more people want to bring aircraft and land them here, and there isn't the airspace to do it. So deal with the problem. Don't, deal, don't, don't just put up a bit of, you know, concrete to deal with it. Deal with the actual problem, which is landing rights. I've got an email here uh, from Drake. He says, this morning on Backchat, former 
head of the observatory, Lam Chu Ying, big bird watcher, Twitterer, isn't it? Tweeter, whatever they call it. Twitcher. Uh, Twitcher, that's it. <laughs> he raised the Guangzhou airport uh, issue, regretted to have built the third runway because they could only have an increase of 10 flights a day. The discussion switched to building a runway divorcing from the current airport down south. Um, but yeah, that's the bit that caught my attention. A second yeah. airport in Guangzhou. Yeah, well, there Thanks is the indeed email, a second airport in, in, in Guangzhou. And but they're jammed uh, in, aren't I, they, I in went, terms I, of planes? I know, well, that's, but, you know, I, I, I went to the first airport in Guangzhou, you well, the first didn't. one. Um, actually, um, it's quite nice. If, if you want to go to an empty airport, it's a good place to go. <laughs> It was, there was lots of lots of things not happening there. It's a bit like the Macau Including Airport. Including flights. Have you been to the Macau Airport? That's a sad little thing. There's not much going on there either. I've gone past it. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, but that's about it. But seriously... <laughs> well, everyone wants their airport. Shenzhen, of course, has an airport. Zhuhai has an airport. That apparently is really seriously deserted. Is it? Mm. Well, if you think about this, you know, small square mileage across the whole area of here, Guangzhou, Macau, etc., etc., and then you sort of chuck in all the airports, it's going to be like... Jam-tastic up there. Well, isn't exactly, it? exactly. And then you figure and, in the Chinese military delays, yes. and and the fact that um, for quotes operational reasons they have to keep all this airspace free for Chinese military um, air force requirements, and you know for a fact that that unless somebody sensibly sits down and. Here's a really radical thought, that the Hong Kong representatives actually go to these talks representing Hong Kong rather than saying, boss, what's your orders, because mm. I'll bring them back. Comes up to the talks and, and says in a vigorous way, look, you say you want Hong Kong to be an international centre. You want Hong Kong to be an international hub. You have got to give us more airspace. That might and be And let a way. us take off on time. <laughs> no, oh, come no, on. No, no, you're just exaggerating. You're just, you're just exaggerating. But, but I think, I think I, I'm, I'm not a regular traveller. I bet some of our listeners are regular kind of business travellers with particularly Hong Kong's smaller own airline. I mean, you hear all sorts of stories of delays for this very reason. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm shameless I, in, in, in travelling out of Hong Kong. I usually go on Cathay because I know that that's the airline least likely to be delayed. And why do you think that is? Um, biggest user of the airport. Good, and I'll tell you what, Steve, much more of that, and I'm going to flip out and leave home forever. <laughs> yes. So it's time to carry, carry on with things. Wake me up. A um, couple of emails from listeners over the past couple of days. First up, uh, good morning to Hugo. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, he, he sent me an article, of course, it was that Wall Street Journal article about the coming collapse of communist rule in China. It's doing the, it's doing the rounds, this one. We did mention it last week, but uh, certainly an interesting read, that one, isn't it? It is, and, and, and what's so interesting about it is the fact that, that the various bits of the official Chinese media have fit, have felt the need to reply to it. Yeah, you know, normally it's it's uh, yeah. Uh, unless they say something nice about China, we don't need to we don't need to um, we don't need to notice it. But this one has obviously struck a nerve. But the more they the more they reply to it, the more people will read it. I, indeed, indeed. Aha. Yes. Right. Good morning to Sheila. She says. Uh, could you possibly discuss what's happening or not happening with the ATV salary repayment and the fine um, to the Hong Kong government situation? Um, yeah, I haven't got a clue, Steve. Thanks, Sheila. Well, I think, I think what's happening is that the, 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 the agonising slow death of ATV is still agonising and slow, and they've managed to pay off their latest instalment of the licence fee. They have, of course, not paid the staff, because why would you? Um, so the staff are, I think, out about a month still in their payments. And, you know, they, despite 
patently being unable to run a TV station, that the powers that be in the Hong Kong government are still saying, well, you know, they're, they're our boys and therefore we can't let them go. I mean, it's just, it's just staggering. It, it's just staggering, this lingering... The hand-to-mouth of it all. Is, and, and, and the fact that they're so palpably out of compliance with the regulations under which they're governed. But, you know, if you're, if you're a friend of CY, if these regulations do not apply to you. Mm. I mean, it, it, it is in, it, it's coincidental, of course, but it, it is interesting that this is also the week in which Deacon Chu died. Now, we're not supposed to say any ill of the dead, but Deacon Chu, you remember, was the man who took over ATV. It used to be Rediffusion Television. And if you read the various newspaper um, obituaries, they, they, they repeat the big lie that was, of course, the big lie that he, he was active in propagating was that he was the only man who actually made ATV profitable. What actually happened was that he, he took over an immensely profitable station and squeezed it dry. When are, when are we talking here? We're talking... Um, oh, I, I was rather hoping you weren't going to ask me that. Moving on. <laughs> I, 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 no, I better not make it up. It, it's, it's as, as politicians say when they don't know, that was all some years ago. It was some years ago. And basically what, what Deacon Chu did, and this is why ATV is in the problems that it is today... Didn't they is, change over in the early 80s? Something like that. Yeah. 82, possibly. Um, um, The the, the fact of the matter is that that as Rediffusion, it was making a lot of money. Deacon Chu came in and basically said, oh, this is making a lot of money. I tell you what, let's squeeze more money out of it. You know, so programming budgets were cut. There's the famous story about how staff were allocated, you know, a limited amount of toilet paper to use during the week because, you know, the, the company wasn't going to, to, to expend money on these frivolities such as people <coughs> relieving themselves. Uh, the, 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 under Deacon Chu, the company basically took the turn for for its own destruction, which was to, to become the, the, the little sister to TVB, was to be starved of resources. And, of course, then, you know, there was an enormous scandal, again, hardly mentioned in any of the obituaries, where he was up for trial. And um, this is for a, an offence of um, false accounting, which, as you know, covers a myriad of sins, but it is a criminal offence. And his defence argued quite strongly and in the end successfully that that there there was really no point in putting this poor man on trial because he was suffering from alzheimer's he remembered to say that though didn't he he? did remember to say that and and what was quite striking about this case was it made medical history because as soon as the case was dismissed and deacon chu was became a free man again he mysteriously recovered from alzheimer's there's no recorded what's it in medical history of anybody else ever recovering from alzheimer's do you know what's the worst thing about all of this and this purely my opinion i think it's more dangerous because the public doesn't really care about this well unless i'm wrong i think the public uh, well i think the public would like better free-to-air television services public quite rightly doesn't spend its waking hours wondering whether that should be provided by tvb or atv i mean one of the problems is that now that you virtually have a single public service broadcaster yeah well not public service broadcaster uh, um, of course 
course, we have RTHK, which yes, is absolutely. beyond approach. Right. I, can I say that on an RTHK yes, station twice? <laughs> um, but but in, in television terms, the, the, the main uh, free-to-air broadcaster is, is TVB, and it virtually has no competition. Do you think that's going to make TVB a better station? Different budget. Uh, different budget, different, um, you know, pigs will fly if you think that lack of competition in the media makes for better media. You were right, Steve. Your history's fantastic. Richard writes in, it was bought out, renamed and restructured to Asia Television Limited in 1982. God, extraordinary. Points win prizes. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, yeah, so... Uh, so, so, I mean, the fact of the matter is that, that not only does it affect the quality of ATV, which, you know, it's just a poor, pathetic little shadow now, but, I, I mean, it's not as though TVB is that wonderful, but, but will it get worse? Oh, yes, it will. Yeah. You can be very confident about that because, you know, why should they bother? We, this, They've got the advertising. They're, they're, uh, TVB will, will be even more profitable than it was before because, you know, the, the, there's, as far as I know, there's, there's either no or practically no advertising heading in the direction of ATV anymore. Get into radio, mate. Nobody can see us. We get paid and you can turn up in your underpants. <laughs> Could you not reveal that on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, this is this is an interesting one. On what the the other player, Ricky Wong, what's going down there? No idea. Do you know? I don't know. I don't I say know. the I mean, other Rick... player because he's not officially the other. Well, player. he's not officially. You're quite right. I mean, he of course was one of the people who applied for one of these free to air licenses, along with Now TV, who um, and um, Cable, um, both of whom haven't launched those stations. Yeah. But, but, you know, we're politically more acceptable. So, yet again, politics takes preference over actual needs of people who consume the media. He's got his, his online service, but I, I actually don't know how that's doing. I don't watch it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people do. He also launched this advertising channel. Again, I don't know whether that's doing well or not. Very hard to, very hard to say. Th we've seen this in various areas in Hong Kong, that apathy kicks in because we're just you get fatigued of well, i think it's about because people don't get it you know they, they they don't get all the implications they are sort of in this sort of this sort of rumbling background of dissatisfaction but it's not specific you know people go oh that's a right mess at atv but they, they, they don't kind of then say you know but what the hell is going on with these breaches of of the broadcasting ordinance because people don't think in those ways i, I understand no. why they don't but but you know it is all of this goes into the category of chipping away at the rule of law and the system which actually works pretty well if it's allowed to work mm. but if you keep inserting in front of the way the system works your political priorities and the need to protect your mates then of course very bad things start to happen i'm just reading as you're talking here not because it's boring but i'm just multitasking yeah well, uh, well done. standard working hours committee agreed that hong kong should regulate standard working hours you don't say by legislation but there won't be a set length of work for all sectors <laughs> right <laughs> that's you can eat an ice cream but but not with a cone go on then what's this all about uh, standard I, I, working hours is it is it a sense well there idea? is no such thing as standard Can't working be, hours can and and i think it's really difficult because they each trade an industry has very different requirements. This is brilliant, Steve. It reached its decision after two years, 29 meetings and 14 rounds of public consultation. <laughs> reached its decision. But it hasn't, of course. That, that's the lie. It hasn't actually reached a decision. When they say it's reached a decision, it's reached a decision to that take a decision. A decision. Is needed. Yes. Uh, uh, incidentally, I must point out that this is yet another committee 
run by a trustee. Lan Chi Hung seems to be the man who's appointed to run every single committee um, that that was ever created by person kind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yet again, it's the small circle in operation. Can we bring out the trustees to run these committees? How many public consultations did you say? 14? You know, 14? For one, for, no, no, 29 meetings, 40. Four, four zero. Four zero consultations. <laughs> I mean, would you, Adam and Eve? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that the public consultations in Hong Kong are a farce, and if, if anybody was in any doubt, look at the public consultation on the second round of the constitutional reform. You lost me at hello. We- <laughs> so, listen, it says here, it said members agreed employment contracts should clearly be spelt out work- with working hours, meal breaks, overtime arrangements, but he said there's no one size to fit all. You know why? Because we can't give that domestic helpers, can we? We can't give it to domestic helpers. Absolutely, no we way. We can't give it to employees of tycoons, maybe to some of the smaller trades like uh, the restaurant business, which I know. Yeah. Um, but I, I have but you to can say, do it like that. You, you really can well, stick you can. I, I have to say that, that in my own company, we, we do tell employees, we say these, these are your hours of work. If you work extra, you get overtime, you get time off in lieu. I mean, I think most well-ordered companies actually do this. Yeah, what are they so, trying to get at here? What's the, what's the... Well, they're, 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 they're trying to get at the companies who are, are taking the mickey, you know, who, who are saying, oh, well, you know, I know your working hours are nine to six, but we'd actually like you to work nine to nine. Uh, no, no, our company doesn't have a policy of overtime. We're just saying you work nine to nine. Right, John writes in, he said, if you do standard working hours, you'll end up like Australia, where most people sit around and do mostly F.A., well, it is. It, it ain't an easy one to solve, but I think as a very minimum, as a very minimum, and this wretched committee with its 40 rounds of public consultations That's doesn't it, seem it? to be able to even do that. I mean, at least Two you years, should say meetings, that 40. all contracts of employment should be specific in, in, in saying what the working hours are, because if a company itself can't work out what its staffing requirements are yeah. that company shouldn't be in business and what you know whenever there's a, a survey or or something like this or consultations you always start to think to yourself well, what's the real reason for this well what, what's the it, real reason well i mean the real reason for this is is that the workers are being exploited and, and the government came up with the solution that it has for every problem we'll form a committee <laughs> 